Take your Bibles and turn over to Psalm 37 for a moment. This uh, psalm is one that has been uh, working its way through my life. And Psalm 37. Um, and I've really been digging around it, been working in it, and studying it, and stuff like that. It's really very, very precious. Um, so I just thought I would share a couple of things with you from from the passage from the Word of God before we begin. This psalm opens up. It's a psalm that talks about um, being secure, those who trust in the Lord and put their faith in Him to secure. Remember, we're looking on in the mornings of the shepherd, Jesus as the shepherd, John 10. And uh, we remember that the shepherd is the one who takes care of the sheep. David, in his 23rd Psalm, summarizes the effectiveness of the work of the shepherd by simply opening up in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I have everything I need. He is the provider, he is the one that takes care of us, he is the one who meets the needs. That's the bottom line. Actually, that's the whole psalm right there. He's my shepherd, I have everything I need. And then he goes in to elaborate some wonderful things. But we are really, really blessed to have the Lord as our shepherd and to have him involved in our lives and things that go on. And of course, you have knee surgery, you have a lot of time to lay there in the bed and think about these kind of things. And I've had uh, people now, the second surgery, I've had some of the people that were at the first surgery come back and talk to me and stuff. And they've been very friendly. And one of the ladies, Terry, she's the wife of uh, Cuban fellow who works at who works in, at, with me at Lowe's. He's a, not doesn't see who's a cashier. Uh, what city is Disney World in down in Florida? Orlando. This guy's name is Orlando. Never been, that's his name. <laughs> and his wife works there and is an anesthesiologist and she's really smart, like all the kids. And so uh, but we got we get talking and stuff and and so I'm, I'm aware of friends and contacts and aware of people there and so on and so forth. And all of that just made me aware of the fact that the Lord is working. So I've been reading and reading through the Bible and I read, came through Psalm 37. Uh, and I just want to pick out a couple of verses. Verse 3 kind of opens the thought there in this text where he says, trust in the Lord. The idea of trust simply means to have confidence in him. Uh, it, it, it carries the idea of being secure, uh, secure in the Lord, uh, and be secure in Him. And He goes on to say, and do good, good things, perform good things, trust in the Lord, be secure in Him, and do good, um, and dwell. Dwell means to tabernacle or to abide. And so uh, we're dwelling in the Lord. Uh, he talks about abiding in the land. And the idea of land there is not just a parcel of land, actually, it could refer to the whole earth. And I think what he's saying there is that you, you, you abide in the area of the realm in which you're in, that it, it's, that's the entire 
uh, environment that you are, you want to do good and, and be involved in that. Don't try to jump ship into something else, but be where you are. And uh, he goes on to talk about cultivate. Cultivate is something we do in the garden. And uh, usually it's associated uh, with, with being friendly. Cultivate, be a friend of faithfulness, of steadfastness. Be a friend of that. Don't be trying to move and stay in the world and don't try to move out and, and invest in new projects, but be where the Lord has put you to do good. And that's a good thing. Verse four is the verse that has really jumped out at me. We talked about it. Uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that idea of, of uh, delight uh, carries the idea of, of being uh, having a daily habit, uh, being soft, maybe could even be part of the translation, being soft or delicate toward the Lord um, and, and let it be like a habitual thing. Uh, even pamper could be part of the terminology, be pampered or pamper that relationship with the Lord. Uh, be merry, or be, even one translation says you could even make sport with the Lord in the sense that you enjoy and you cultivate and you in, in, and live in that relationship. Delight yourself in the Lord, that is the, the arena in him. And the question is, how do you do that? Um, in delight means you invest in, you put uh, effort and time in, and it does take our Christian walk. Um, you know, one of the things that believer that new Christians or people sometimes come to church and they hear the word believe in Jesus and when you're inside and we kind of balk at the idea that the Lord is calling us to be actively involved in that relationship but of course we are actively involved in that relationship whatever we do in life we are actively involved whether it's ignoring our responsibilities and just living for itself or whether it's uh, being married and being a good husband and a good father to the family and taking that seriously, which sometimes some men do not. Uh, life calls for that. And our relationship with the Lord is, is no less a calling. And so we delight ourselves in the Lord. Uh, we, we invest in that. We put effort in that. And the promise there is that he will give you uh, the desires or the petitions or the requests there of your heart, uh, of your mind, if you will, of your soul, um, the, the, your conscience, the seed of appetites, the seed of courage, the seed of emotions. He will give you, if you will, um, the desires of your conscience, your heart. And what that means is it's not saying that, you know, if, if I saw that new Subaru down there, I really wanted it. And if I started delighting in the Lord, all of a sudden I would get that new Subaru. That's not what he's saying. Sorry. All right. Um, but what he's saying is that he is promising to restructure and remake and refashion my heart so that it is in harmony with his purpose, his will, so that you know, when you delight yourself in the Lord, you don't have the same passions that you did before. You don't have the same wishes that you did before. This is a miracle because you can't change your heart. And I can't change my heart. 
And you can't, you can't make your heart desire Jesus and want to surrender to him unless the Lord does that in you. You can't do that. You're, you are helpless to do that. You can't change your heart. Only the Lord can do that. But you can delight in him. And you can put effort in that relationship with him. And the promise of this verse is that when you do that, he is going to refashion and, and give you the desires of your heart. Now, that's a pretty heavy commitment. That's a miracle. It really is. The next verse says, commit your way. And you know, um, when we talk about the way, we're talking about the, the word could be path or journey or manner or habit, or way of life, the course of life, even your moral character. So he says, commit your way, your heart, your moral character, your journey, commit your way to the Lord. Now, let's back up for just a moment. This is something I thought was very interesting. We're talking about changing our heart and our life. And he says in the middle of that, commit your way to the Lord. That word commit, if you look it up, it's a rather strange word. It actually is a word that's used to roll heavy objects that are too heavy to pick up, like stones. It's used many times in the Old Testament to speak of a big stone that's rolled over the well to protect the well until somebody needs it and kind of move the stone out of the way. It's much too heavy to pick up. It's only something that can be rolled. And I think that's what he's saying here, is that there are things in our lives and things that need to be changed. And these barriers and these struggles are too big for us to carry. We have to do the best we can to try to roll them over on the Lord and trust. Do you understand what I'm saying? Roll those things over on him. Because he can carry it. And he can move them. And he can make them harmonize with his will and his purpose if we're delighting in him. And so that's, that to me is a wonderful promise. He goes on to say, trust uh, also in him. The word trust there has to do with not just trusting, but being confident. Being confident also in him, and he will do it. That's a promise. That's a good promise. So we're talking about delighting in the Lord, seeing his work in our hearts to change our hearts uh giving us new passions new desires so that we can roll this burden over on the lord our, our stubbornness our sinfulness our bad habits we all have them but he can we can roll those over on him they're too heavy for us to pick up that's the interesting thing about the word is that every time it's used it's something's too heavy to pick up and that's re-rolled but we can roll those uh, <clears throat> those our way, our direction over on the Lord and trust or be confident also in him and he will do it. Finally, verse six, um, he will bring forth, and that has to do with um, proceeding forth. Uh, he will bring forth. It actually carries with it the idea of bringing forth with a purpose, with an intention. He will, he will bring forth with a purpose and with intention your righteousness. Righteousness is a hard word to translate because it doesn't make sense to translate it rightness, but that's kind of what it's talking about. Your rightness, it could even be judgments and decisions, maybe. And he will bring forth your judgments, your righteousness, your, your decisions. He will bring forth those decisions as light. Light is the opposite of darkness. Light is the opposite of being in confusion. It's light that is in harmony with God and his will. He'll bring forth these decisions as the light and your judgment and your decisions. That could be decisions as well. Your judgments as the noonday 
son. So here's the promise, lighting of the Lord, trusting in him, and let him uh, refashion your life, roll these, this burden, this stubbornness, this, this, we, we have, we were, we were talking about biblical counseling and people that uh, struggle with things in their lives, bad habits and stuff like that that get in the way. These habits can be dealt with by the Lord and by his power and by his life if we can turn from those things to him and begin to, you know what I'm saying, begin to investigate the relationship with him and begin to invest in him and the time in him and his purpose and his, his wisdom and his, his life. Uh, rest in him. Um, the idea there of resting just means to be silent, be still, um, even to be struck dumb, because this is such a serious moment, a serious commitment that it just takes, almost takes your breath away. Uh, be quiet to make and be silent. Uh, part of that could even almost cause to, to die to your own, what you need to say, that you, you just want to rest in him. And the idea of waiting has to do with, um, with, with it, it's interesting to, to uh, twist, to, um, and, and it's connected with the word wait and patiently together, to twist, to ride with fear and trembling, um, uh, to dance, it could be translated, to wait anxiously, and that's kind of the idea, um, to, to May be made to rest in him and not to be striving yourself to, to, to kind of cast that burden on him and stop or do not fret, do not be anxious, um, don't be angry, don't burn, but wait in him, trust in him. So, and I'll stop there. But this, this is really to me, it's a very precious promise of what the Lord has promised us in the strength and the power of his life and his spirit and his word and the effect of it if we invest time with it with him and do it on a regular basis he promises to do that and that's a good promise because working in our heart and changing our heart is not something we can do at all he can and he will we'll put for that effort to to enlighten him and to invest time in him he will change our hearts and our lives and he will more and more and more make us Submissive to him without fretting, being still, rolling those burdens over him and caring for him. That's a good thing. And that's a really good thing. And I'm just really very, very thankful for his promise. And we, we can give that promise. You know, we have, have uh, friends that, that work in other places that struggle with things. We can talk about those things and lay them out for them. And I, I tell people sometimes, a lot of times, read the Bible, study it. <clears throat> Your friend Joshua doesn't do that, but he's, he's a very wealthy kid. He's got an old life in front of him, but he has no purpose. Uh, and purpose is really important. And, uh, purpose, you get that purpose from the Lord. The Lord can get hold of your life and turn you around and give you a good reason for living and a good purpose. It's really important. So we're here tonight to remember the Savior, to focus on Him. And he's worthy of our attention, so we want to open in prayer. We also want to do the elements. So I will open us in prayer. And if you want to close this in prayer, everybody Everybody can pray, but won't pray. A lot of times we come together and people kind of reluctant to pray. Everybody's invited to pray, but won't pray.
Well, let me open this. Dear Father, we do thank you for this time. I do thank you for your precious word. It is, it is so available <laughs> on the one hand, and yet so hard to assimilate in one sense because we are totally dependent on you to grasp it and to, to take over our lives, and yet it's there. And we don't have excuse for not doing it. So I pray for us. I pray. We're talking about the church. We've been talking about the church a long time. Same Lord as Lord of the New Testament church is all over the church today. And we want to rest in you, rest in you, and trust in you. And so work in our hearts. We would, I think, all of us acknowledge that the weakness of the church is with us and not with you. Uh, and I, we understand that, and we know that there is a great deal of work to be done. And I con I'm confident when I think that we really want that to be done. That may not be we want it to be done bad enough to do what you want us to do. But, uh, and I know what that's like, and I'm sure we all do. But I just pray for this fellowship and these people who we gather here tonight around the Savior, that we'll cause us to look at Him and focus on Him, and that He will work in our hearts and just make out of this little body fellowship of people in these days, these very difficult days, and I glorify and honor you, which is what we want. Help us to be faithful to make disciples of you. And uh, we pray that we ask you to do this for your glory, and we pray in Jesus' name. Thanksgiving. Amen.